Welcome to In Our Own Defense Podcast. We're your hosts, attorney A.D. Winters, founder and managing attorney for VeteransDefender.com and Dr. Dolores Tarver, licensed psychologist. For more information about our podcast, go to In Our Own Defense at Instagram or via email at InOurOwnDefense at gmail.com. In Our Own Defense Podcast, our mission is simple. We want to share truths and create a dialogue while increasing our listeners' awareness and mental health concerns and fostering the development of a holistic wellness plan, which incorporates mental, physical, spiritual, financial, and intellectual components. One of our goals is to discuss a range of topics, included but not limited to cultural, social, political, environmental, and mental health issues, and create a platform where we can have useful and realistic action plans that encourage wellness and goal attainment. This website, this podcast, our Instagram, and our email does not constitute and is not intended to constitute legal advice. Instead, all information, content, and materials are available for general informational purposes only. This is not establishing an attorney-client relationship. And with regards to mental and physical health, this information is intended to be a summary and a supplement to, not a substitute for, any knowledge, skill, and judgment of qualified healthcare professionals. In today's episode of In Our Own Defense podcast, we are joined by the internationally known philanthropic, giving, caring, and award-winning special guest, Ms. Erica Rogers, founder and CEO of Braveheart Foundation. And she's an intensive care unit nurse on the front lines of multiple ICU units in New Orleans, Louisiana. She's going to discuss with us the front lines of COVID-19, this pandemic, and how it's impacted New Orleans area. It is my sincere pleasure to introduce Ms. Erica Rogers, who is a 2008 graduate of Southern University School of Nursing with a bachelor degree in nursing. Ms. Rogers is a Laplace, Louisiana native that began her nursing career at Houston MD Anderson's Cancer Center in 2008. Her career is driven by the quote, compassion is the highest level of intellect. She loves nursing and in her work developed a close and lasting relationship with a patient in cancer treatment, which allowed her to found Braveheart as a peer-to-peer support system that helped patients and their families cope with the process of cancer treatment. This project's success inspired her to pursue similar endeavors on a larger scale. She has traveled frequently to Africa and connected in a partnership with Uganda and over in 2014, Over 7,000 villagers have been impacted with free health services during the annual medical missions. Braveheart Foundation uses minimal funding and resources to impact many by providing mass drug administration and in-depth health education in the most desolate villages of Uganda. Braveheart has a partnership with Smiling Hearts, which is an orphanage in Uganda, and supplies that orphanage with a yearly supply of medications in the kitty, kitty pharmacy while also providing yearly well-kid health checkups, malaria, dental, and vision screening with necessary treatment. Braveheart has continued to expand its programs and has several collaborations. Future projects include Love Heals, a medical mission organization to bring a local mission clinic to the greater New Orleans area. And Erica has several awards, 2019 Millennial Healthcare Award presented by the Spears Group and the New Orleans Business Alliance, She's the recipient of the Champion for Change Award presented by the Crescent City Lynx. She was selected as one of the 2019 Great 100 Nurse of Louisiana 
Other affiliations are 2019 Cohort Fellow for Emerging Philanthropists of New Orleans, New Leaders Council 2020 Cohort Fellow, and a member of the New Orleans City Diplomacy Council. If that's not enough, she is currently working as a frontline nurse in multiple ICUs in the New Orleans area, and it's critical for her to get to be a voice from inside to tell the stories of what day life is like touching, feeling, and caring for COVID-19 patients. So ladies and gentlemen, I want you to welcome us, uh, welcome with us, Miss Erica Rogers. Thank you so much, Miss Rogers, for joining us today. Woo! Thank you for having me. All right, good deal. Thank you. Uh, first of all, thank you and all of your colleagues for what you're doing. Uh, you're incredible and we're lucky that you all are protecting and serving and honoring your Hippocratic Oath. Um, you know, the, the first question that comes to my mind is, uh, how did you discover your passion for medicine and nursing and, and healthcare industry? Uh, did you come from that background? Your mother or father was a nurse? No, actually, my aunt um, was a nurse. I come from a lineage of nurses. Um, a great aunt who was an army nurse um, during World War II. Um, then I have another aunt who's my mother's sister, who was a regional nurse um, for the State Department of Louisiana. And um, through her, I watched her during Hurricane Katrina um, when I was at Southern and I really didn't know my career trajectory. I watched her on the front lines working during Hurricane Katrina and that simple act inspired me to want to go back and give in the way of nursing care. That's fascinating. But but why ICU? It seems so difficult. It seems like that is the toughest uh, and you're getting the, the, the patients that are going through the most. How did you get involved with that? I always like to meet challenges. Um, ICU um, is a skill that, you know, it, it's, it, it's either you have it or you don't. Um, you have to be very analytical. You have to be able to think on your feet. You have to use um, critical thinking skills and you have to be very assertive. And also advocacy is the number one um, the number one um, characteristic that you must have. Being an ICU nurse, um, I couldn't see myself doing anything else. I tried um, one other area um, in the cath lab, the catheterization lab that deals with um, cardiac um, problems where the doctors would go in and give stents. And I was basically, I felt like I was treating the doctor and not the actual patient. So ICU has always been something that challenged me. It was always something, a challenge that I did meet and over exceeded, I believe. And um, it's where else do you go? I mean, it's the highest, you know, in my opinion, it's the highest um, level of nursing care. That is really fascinating information to share with us. And I know a lot of our listeners have um, questions about what it's really like being on the front lines of this pandemic uh, in a state, particularly there with, in Louisiana, with one of the highest per capita infection rates, hospital, hospitalization rate and mortality rates. How are you managing that mentally, physically? What is it like? It's unfathomable. Um, words cannot even describe the intensity that our healthcare providers have um, undertaken over the last three weeks. It feels like three months, but it's only been one month. Um, the, the way this disease attacks the body, it, it, the only way I can describe it is as coming in like a thief in the night. Um, 
patients get really sick very fast. Um, we have to respond very fast. And I applaud all of the healthcare providers on, you know, working to find the treatment modalities that have been attributing to the success rates in the patients. Um, it's really, it's, it's sometimes rewarding um, when we do get cases um, that come into the ICU very, very sick. We don't even know if they're going to make a turnaround. Um, at the time, it doesn't look like they're going to make a turnaround. And three weeks later, we see the trajectory of their care change um, and they're going out of the hospital to rehabilitation. The um, that actual hospital stay for an ICU patient to get proper treatment and to assure that they can be on the road to rehabilitation is about 21 days. It's a very tedious um, hospital stay. Um, it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of patience. Um, it takes you stepping outside of yourself understanding what the patient may be feeling, what the families may be feeling, and also what fellow co-workers may be feeling during this unprecedented time. Um, it's like I said, it's something like I've never seen before, and it's probably something that I will never see again in my entire career. Yeah, that, I mean, I, again, we can't thank you guys enough for what you're doing. Uh, I think it's incredible. And a recent CNN and uh and a WBRZ, a local Baton Rouge uh, uh, affiliate, and I read these articles that were saying that Laplace, Louisiana, which is right outside of New Orleans, uh, St. John the Baptist Parish, uh, and I believe that's your hometown and your home parish, um, it has the highest uh, death rate per capita for coronavirus in the country. Uh, what is your take on this? This um, has been the most sobering um, part of the journey. Um, I know personally three people who have passed away and fallen um, due to the coronavirus, COVID-19. Um, what it's done is it really has um, enlightened me to respond to the call of duty, to go back to my hometown and meet the needs um, of those who are dealing with these health disparities and comorbidities that COVID-19 has exposed. Um, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't go and serve in the capacity that I serve in Africa. Um, I, I am enlightened. I, it's sobering. Um, my heart goes out to the families that are going through it. Um, I commit myself to working with the Department of Health and hospitals in the parish to find programming that can um, speak to the social determinants that lead to these different comorbidities. And um, in a way, um, merge public health and mental health because it's gonna need, um, you know, the, par the parishioners, the people of the community will need a paradigm shift um, after this uh, treacherous season that we that we're undergoing um i, I believe that's I, I think that's uh that's interesting that you bring that up when especially with your experience of, of your international work with braveheart and you guys are going into underserved communities there in africa uh, specifically uganda i know you take you've now um, braveheart now takes doctors you take nurses you take providers you take podiatrists you take dentists 
over uh, uh, to uh, Uganda with you, uh, and you're welcomed by the by the nation uh, of Uganda and their leadership and um, all of the work. You've seen over seven thousand uh, patients. Is that my yes. understanding? And when you do this, when you're taking these participants, these providers that help you, do you ever take non-nurses, non-doctors, or youth allowed to come in and help participate to try to help with the youth, mission? Um, over the age of 17, um, typically we give a scholarship to one high school senior, graduating senior, who um, has an interest in nursing or medicine to come and get an experience of global health with us. Um, also, um, what I would like to start doing um, with our upcoming mission is inviting a nursing student, uh, offering a scholarship to a nursing student from Southern University um, who may be um, enrolled in the community health um, course and allow them to see the other side of um, health care on the global health side. That's phenomenal. Uh, the work that you guys have done at, at Braveheart, the work that you're doing now on the ground, especially with your um, desires and energy toward uh, coming back to help your hometown, uh, Laplace, and, and, and the parish there with their uh, medical uh, team. Um, this is phenomenal. I, I'm in awe of you. Uh, Ms. Rogers, uh, Dr. Tarver, I know uh, we are both in awe of you and, and just so excited that you, you took out the time of your rest plan to be able to come on to our, our little uh, show here today. Um, you know, one of the things that we want to remind all of our listeners as you're listening to In Our Own Defense podcast, uh, we've been discussing the experience on the front lines with COVID-19 uh, pandemic nurse, Miss uh, Erica Rogers. Miss Rogers, can you tell our, our listeners how they can contact Braveheart or how they can volunteer or, or provide donations to, to Braveheart's mission? Yes, most definitely. We will be needing um, more boots on the ground volunteers for um, our programming that we're going to roll out um, very soon to um, meet the needs of, you know, the communities that have suffered the hardest with the COVID-19. Um, so you can um, reach us by email at info at mybraveheart.org, M-Y-B-R-A-V-E-H-E-A-R-T.org. Um, you can also reach us through um, Facebook. Um, our Facebook handle is at Braveheart Foundation. And our Instagram handle is also at Braveheart Foundation. We have um, relevant content there where you can see the work that we've done over the years. And I, I just find it uh, absolutely uh, awe-inspiring, and we're lucky uh, that to have someone like you uh, taking care of the, the patients in New Orleans and the great people of Uganda are so lucky that uh, your foundation, Braveheart, is coming uh, to provide them with much-needed um, medical care. Uh, this concludes this episode of In Our Own Defense. Uh, we're your hosts, Attorney A.B. Winters and Dr. Dolores Tarver. For more information on our podcast, please follow us on social media at In Our Own Defense or via email at inourowndefense at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.